Oh wow, I was really far. Whoa, a little yeah, bit yeah, of yeah, just that mic. <laughs> where it sounds like we're in space. Does it? That's not. Yeah, good. actually, does. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about can that. I, have, I just yeah. Can you hear that? I, I just want to make sure. Wow, no, there's a lot of reverb or er, bounce back. Re um, let's see here. Do do talk more into this. You're like talking right up into the top of it. Okay. Do kind of go a little bit more from the side. And yes, why don't, why don't you come to your senses? I've had your senses so long now. Mm, you're a hard one. Ladies and gentlemen, this is McCree you got here. Telling you about McCree brands, Cigarellos. You can hurt you they go down smooth. Smoke them. Buy them for your kids. Okay, okay, okay. That's enough. We need to start the podcast. I think our our levels are checked. I think we're good. Oh, but I was about to go into a second verse there. Not uh, so much. There's a lot of podcasts. We could get back to all it. Right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, everybody. Welcome to Podcast Gibraltar. It's your Overwatch uh, podcast hosted by me, Jason Wessling, where I have a new co-host every week, and they bring in their perspective. Uh, our co-host this week is uh, Bowen Cochran. Hello, hello. Excited uh, to be here. Bowen, uh, I've known you for a while. You've been kind of part of the podcast thing with us for a little bit. You live with uh, uh, Will, yeah, the that's pitch right. co-host. Yeah. Um, you've always been in the background of a lot of our stuff. <laughs> I'm really excited, man. Like I love Overwatch and I've enjoyed talking shop with you for so long. So uh, to have a, a forum to do that mm -hmm. uh, in a more structured way is really exciting. Yeah, because it was kind of one of those things where you and me were friends, obviously. But then like we just uh, I stopped going over to your guys' place near as much. And then I feel like there was a moment where we're like, wait a minute, Bowen, you're into Overwatch? We, right. And again, <laughs> we we both realized that Will sucks. So <laughs> and, and when we realized that together, we were like, Well, Jason and I could be a team. Yeah. He's he's gonna be on in a couple weeks or maybe next episode. Uh, we'll find out if he listens to the show. Yeah, I You'll guess that's true. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. much shady throws. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, you're you're pretty good. What what a rank are you? Oh, I actually don't know off the top of my head. What an embarrassing thing well, <laughs> to come into the Overwatch podcast well, no, that's and fine. not know my rank. I am... Um, well, what's your main? How about that? Who, my, who are you very skilled at? Uh, Winston is my, uh, for sure, my number one pick. I can airball the rank. I know it's between 2,000 and 2,500. Nice. So, I mean, it's okay. It's it's, it's, it's not, not quite great. up to where I am up there in aluminum, but, yeah. you know, it's yeah. still good. It's not aluminum. It's, it's not aluminum. <laughs> <laughs> at all but uh no it's uh i've i've alternated i've been close to the 3000 mark before um i'm very inconsistent player i've got some wrist issues uh sometimes i'm very strict about when i play comp other times uh i only play comp when i've had a few beers mm -hmm. so i think that accounts for a lot of the um waves i've also haven't played on pc that long most of my overwatch has been on <laughs> Will's um, account. Oh on, yeah, on uh, PlayStation. PlayStation. Yeah, are you, are you part of PC Master Race now? Are you joining joining the movement? I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I think, <laughs> and I, I imagine a number of people listening probably ha have had this experience. You're playing Overwatch on PlayStation or Xbox, and and then you get off and you, and you you go watch a professional game or a tournament, and 
you're seeing the Widowmakers do crazy stuff and the Lucios jumping around. And you're thinking like, well, wow, I don't even think I could physically do that in my game. And They're the so quick. Is you, They're so fast. Well, and the truth is you can't, of course. Mm. Uh, the aim and control that a PC gives you um, isn't just nice. It's completely necessary to do most of the things, the crazy stuff, the game-making stuff. The three headshots in a row. Well, right. And just even like headshots in general uh, that you're afforded um, – on the PC, who's who? Who's your most? Because yeah, I feel like you're kind of like me, where every you want to get good at every hero. Every hero, what is who's your bane of your existence? Who's like the worst hero you just can't figure out? Um, I very rarely play uh, Genji, actually. Really? Um, yeah, you need to be really high octane. You the double jump. Uh, combined with his dash ability means there's a lot of very quick 180s. Oh, whoops. Oh, That's oh, we have a, a, a uh, our first call-in of the oh. show. Uh, <laughs> hi, you're live with uh, Podcast Gibraltar. Oh, What's hello. your question for Bowen? Hello, are you there? Oh, I think we lost him. Yeah, we lost him. Okay, we'll get him next uh, time. <laughs> the lines are open, everybody. Um, uh, shall we? Shall we push on with uh, sort of that's, so yeah, that's a bit could... about me. Play some Winston uh, Roadhog. Uh, I'm on PC. Uh, and uh, you, my you started. Color is blue. Your favorite color is blue. Yeah, I didn't actually know that about you. I also I wanted to in our intro. Uh, Bowen is a professional actor too. You can find him on the sci-fi <laughs> clip of Ghost Hunters or something like that. What was that thing you were recently on? It was Myth or Monster. Pilot <laughs> episode one. It's pilot. You can check it out on Travel Channel. <laughs> you play a scared teenager or something like that, right? <laughs> that's that's right. <laughs> I, didn't, I feel like I'm caught in a corner. You didn't you didn't brief me on these questions. I specifically said he won't answer questions. Is it true, <laughs> Bowen? Is it true? It's in my writer to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true you believe in ghosts? No, yes or no? it's not true. Okay, good. Uh, uh, <laughs> all right, yeah. Let, let's move on. We yeah, got our yeah, intro. Yeah, yeah. We're good on intro. I think so. Uh, let's move on to our developer update segment. That's right. This segment's Papa Jeff's Corner. Jeff uh, Kaplan just updated us on a whole bunch of different changes they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, before we, because there's May, there's Symmetra, there's Hanzo, there's there's a lot of things going on. Uh, I didn't get to hear any of your opinions, though, on uh, Mercy. So let's just cover that real right. quick. Big Mercy changes. I think it's been one of the biggest changes ever in the game, mm-hmm. essentially, maybe. Um, but yeah, what, what, what were your opinions on the Mercy changes? I think the Mercy changes uh, are, of course extremely significant um the game continues to like have these large sort of meta swings around what happens to the supports uh if there was a mercy on team a and team b had uh, two supports um other supports uh the mercy team was going to win just because of the healing and the power of that ultimate that she had well essentially Um, it could almost make any fight an 8v6 if two people die and you res them both I mean, you might as well have eight team members on your team. I also think that it gave a lot of, rather, to rephrase, it did not punish enough teams that lacked coordination. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was still smarter to run a single mercy uh, than to try to coordinate something interesting like a Lucio Moira quad tank dive like we're seeing now uh, mm-hmm. as the in the Tespa series showed, which we'll talk a little about uh, later. Um, and I yeah. feel like I feel like that's good, too, because I said this before. Mercy, maybe somewhat of a beginner character, 
maybe we shouldn't see her as much in the pros because right. the skill cap on how good you can get is mercy. It's kind of about halfway up the chart, you know. I think <laughs> I think people are sort of undervaluing her damage buff ability yes. and sort of the mass healing that that ultimate is meant to present. Uh, I think it's incredibly powerful. It's You can start fights a lot with that Mercy Ultimate if you do it right, but people are so zeroed in on the implications of the res changes specifically. Mm. Uh, there isn't a whole lot of chatter about what the rest of the hero does. Like, she's just, a, to a lot of people, she's just a resurrection machine. What if, what if they switched out her pistol for, like, a Gatling gun? <laughs> Battle mercy for real. <laughs> no, no, but I get what you're saying. We haven't yeah. brought that up on this podcast. The fact that, I mean, her, she can push you through some choke points pretty well with that healing. Yeah. Or, or you know, if you need to cap a point, that damage boost, it might as well be a, was that Arissa's thing? I don't know the stats on the two compared, but it's like a mini Arissa um, bongo Right, her that I know what you're supercharger, about. supercharger. Oh, thank goodness you saved us. <laughs> uh, no, I completely agree, and I would also say before we leave this segment, as long as Farah is playable, Mercy is playable. Well, don't uh, don't get too far ahead of you. Oh, don't get too far ahead. We, of we got we got a lot more characters. Maybe we could power through these a little quicker. Okay, yeah, let's go, let's go. Yeah, so May got some changes. They're not live yet, but they are on the PTR, mm-hmm. uh, or at least they're going to be. Pretty much, her freeze uh, freeze duration is going to be increased from one to one point five seconds, mm-hmm. so you're going to be frozen longer and then her alternate weapon ammo ammo is going to be from 25 to 20 points or Mm -hmm. ammo whatever bullets um so you're going to be able to do that icicle headshot a lot more Mm -hmm. and you're going to freeze people and punish them more for being out of position right maybe make her a little bit more playable i didn't know she was broken that much but Uh, I, i guess the community did and they're doing something about it so i i kind of agree Though I do think it's notable that you would never see her in any capacity, really, in competitive scene. Um, I mean, people used to play May all the time. That's how the whole thing of May being the troll of Overwatch oh, started, right? right? Well, I, and I meant like in a competitive scene, like like people would, the uh, meta Athena would do all sorts of interesting things with a May wall, like pop over the edge of of like a of a building on Numbani that you didn't think you could get over or that you'd expect a team to come from that direction. So super cool, dude. We um, have to think of uh they did that a lot in uh, the overwatch league this last uh well this this first season ever sure. um where on yeah on temple of anubis they'd right. use a may wall to get the orissa up to high levels she couldn't normally get to and that became meta very quickly and i think and i haven't gotten the chance to really try that out i haven't been coordinated enough with somebody on that map yet to right. do that but what we need to name that something because that is a cool little strategy like yeah. the may ladder or something i don't know it, it's the it's, maypole the I ma- got oh dang that's the, some good branding there jason there's got to be something better but for now it's the maypole um, i think the may changes are going to be very exciting in um higher level uh competitive i mean like the competitive mode not like competitive not overwatch ma- league how do you make distinction in comp i guess that's what you call there it. there we right? go right yeah so i think it'll be good for competitive mode for like let's say 2000 and above for like silver and bronze players though you've just made life hell haven't you yeah like you've just made you've just like empowered even more toxicity than you <laughs> you're never gonna get able to get out of uh bronze anymore because you won't be able to walk and <laughs> just freezing everybody i think maybe part of the reason that and i had the same reaction that you did part of the reason we're feeling that may wasn't broken and are somewhat surprised by the changes is that she wasn't missed 
No one was like, where's May? Oh my I miss God. May. It's because they hate being frozen and May shot is in the me head. in high school. <laughs> nobody nobody at the party was like, you know who would change this party? Jason. The world <laughs> is worth fighting for. Oh my God. Don't put that in. <laughs> um, Symmetra. Okay, yeah. Let's move on to Symmetra. Uh, Symmetra says she's getting a complete re- rework, says Papa Jeff. Says Papa Jeff. Um, she's get, she's very low on the pick rate. Um, there's not a lot of places. It used to be like point A, Temple of Anubis, mm-hmm. maybe for that teleporter if you can get it up fast enough. Yeah, yeah. But she doesn't really get picked a lot because I'd rather have another tank almost. Sure. Um, but she's getting a complete rework. We don't know quite what. They've been struggling with this hero forever. For anybody who doesn't know, she used to just have a teleporter and her turrets, and her turrets were super long to recharge. So eventually they gave her a second ultimate, the shield gen. They gave her a shield to blast out. You start with all your turrets instead of having to earn them. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been working on Symmetra forever. They've tried to give her more utility. Yeah. And in my opinion, haven't fixed the fundamental problem, which is a squishiness combined with zero range. She cannot yeah. touch things that are just out of arm's reach. Uh, and, That's true, and yeah. and if if somebody gets in within that arm's reach, she's got only what like two hundred health, something like that, exactly. two fifty something. Um, yeah. so so you mentioned this though. One of the things that they they're gonna try to change her. Uh, the Blizzard has been known to get, known to get rid of heroes, right? So I hope they don't get to that point because I do like her, but uh, she's also good for lore. Hmm. Um, but uh, you brought up the health issue. Uh, you suggested something pretty cool. Do you want to talk where, about uh, what you thought that like it was sort of like the question was posed? What would be the single fix for Symmetra if you could change one thing to fix her? What would it be? Well, in my idea, I got this from the comics. In, in the comic for Symmetra, you see she's like a hard light uh, architect, which means she can take light and make it make solid things. Mm. In the comic, she makes a bridge for her to get over and do some espionage shit to another building. Why can't they do that? That would be cool if she could bridge gaps within a certain distance and your whole team could walk across or something. Right. Or or she could construct something. I don't know. That would be kind of a cool little switch where maybe now she can get to different places that she wouldn't normally be able to get to. Mm-hmm. So that was one switch that I also think would fit into her lore pretty well too. Agreed. And I, I would also say, to yes and, it, not just to bridge gaps, but to ramp up things in my head like imagine the first point of anubis and instead of going left right or straight you just go on to that first platform like symmetra builds a light bridge and your whole team ramps up over that little place where most people set up now oh yeah onto the i mean that could be really interesting for actually kind of hyper aggressive dives if you really wanted to it allowed more characters to get more mobility and allow player uh, uh, sorry players characters like reinhardt who you know have to take this long trek around for good reason to get up close and personal instead to be able to like rush in and then like the fact that she's flimsy somewhat and has to be really close quarters is a little more justifiable because of the utility you would get for something like a light bridge well and you um, bring up that she's flimsy you right. had another idea too mine wasn't nearly as creative or exciting as yours. i just think she <laughs> but should i think have, yours was more practical though. i should just give her 50 more health give her get make her the same health uh level that's a great way to say that bowen give her the same uh health uh meter health points health let's 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 see if somebody could call in call in to podcast gibraltar what is it called just give her the same health pool as reaper there you go reaper is up close and personal and uh 
needs that extra health so he can survive through the damage. It wasn't even enough. They gave him that health stealing ability so he could get even more burst on tanks. If Symmetra isn't meant to like get close like that, what is she doing? Do you yeah. know what I mean? No, 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 100%. Because uh, mm-hmm. the other thing I thought, too, is, I mean, maybe make her little, her, her secondary fire faster, but then at that point, no, she's I agree. another hero, maybe. No, I'm actually, that's not a bad idea, either. And I expect to see something along those lines. I don't think they'll trash her. I, I don't yeah. think, though, the, the community likes her, actually, a lot. I do. Uh, I like her. Um, her dragon skin's fucking dope. I think the turrets, the turrets. Mm-hmm. I think the key will lie with the turrets. All right, uh, so the next one that we got to talk about is Hanzo. Right. Uh, the, the next two are kind of the big ones, Hanzo and Samra. Um, mm-hmm. Hanzo, they're getting rid of the scatter arrow. They had a lot of problems with people one-shot killing tanks by hitting the floor and bouncing it off. Mm-hmm. And Papa Jeff in the developer update came out, and he pretty much said that they've worked with a lot of different things trying to make it work, maybe take down some damage on something, maybe have it not bounce off the floors, but nothing felt right. So they pretty much confirmed they're going to take take out Scatter Arrow. That's pretty shocking. I'm actually not familiar with this uh, update as much. Uh, w- w- is this in the PTR or is this sort of like rumor mill Jeff Kaplan's going to cut uh, Scatter Arrow? More than rumor mill, but not in the PTR okay, yet. Okay, I see. He's confirmed it, but we just don't know exactly what's replacing it yet. Yeah, well, okay. they actually they have an idea of a quote-unquote piercing arrow, I guess. Hmm. Supposed to be able to do a couple things. Maybe a, Actually, it's funny. Um, if you listen to the last episodes of Podcast Gibraltar, right. Maggie was the guest, and we were talking about because this was kind of in the rumor mill still. Right. And between then and now, they confirmed it. But Maggie said it'd be funny if his ultimate got switched to just a thing where it's just a million arrows at once, just boom, 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 boom. <laughs> mm-hmm. In essence, that's kind of what they're doing. Sort of a frenzy mode. Oh, yeah, thinking. almost. Yeah. I think it's gonna be like one, two, three, one, two, three, like six arrows all together. Interesting. Um, <laughs> she, Hanzo battle rifle. That's kind of funny. Exactly. It's yeah. a burst fire. Yeah. Almost a Legolas from Game of or Game of Thrones. Legolas from uh, all I can picture is Game of Thrones. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Um, but yeah, so that's coming up to Hanzo. That's gonna be a switch. Uh, they're saying that the quote is, "You're going to want a Hanzo on your team now." Interesting. They're they're being bold. That's what it, that's what I should have titled the segment. You're gonna want a Hanzo. I don't know how I feel about that. I I love when the other teams play Hanzo. Right. That's that's like Winston Candy. It's like oh buddy. Uh, the last one is Sombra. Yeah. This one's gonna make her a lot more fun. I already find some ways. Uh, a lot of the community doesn't like Sombra as much. Mm-hmm. I've learned. I like her. I find certain maps she's really good on. If you hack those health packs. Right. But. This new update is going to change her quite a bit where I'm, I'm not going to be able to play her like I used to. The big change they're going to do to Sombra is her health pack no longer d- uh, gives ult charge, but she is going to be able to hack from further distance and faster. So I think the goal is to get her to be able to one, two, three, hack somebody, mm-hmm. hover, hover around, hack somebody else real quick from a safe distance and everything. Um, they also changed uh, something with how you can see people through walls. That's changed a little bit. Uh, I don't think that's going to be as big of a change as people think, but uh, it's going to be easier to see people through walls uh, when they're all redded out and you have them hacked and stuff, pretty much. Right. Uh, I'm looking at these changes right now, sort of on the the actual... Um, Internet? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> on the actual developer sort of PTR update sheet. Um Machine pistol spread reduced from 3 to 2.7 to make it more accurate. Um, This opportunist thing, where if the enemy health bars are visible when the health drops below 100%. 
So basically, she can see where your health is right. if you take any damage. Which is kind of interesting. It's sort of like a blood in the water sort of. Uh, yeah. Ooh. Uh, I, I, they're calling it opportunist, but uh, that's interesting. That's also cool because it almost takes on a shot calling role. It, it, it puts into uh, the hero lineup minor shot calling like we if we all see that that hero is low you don't have to like call out and scream and chat like focus hanzo focus diva i could see that being really but, powerful but if they have like i don't know like a mercy that runs back and you can still see that they're low you can yeah. still call that out that also means that like more attackers will be able to call shots too it's one of those invisible buffs that makes gameplay smoother overall it feels like you can you can almost it's almost very unique to sombra too because she's a hacker so she would right. be the person in the italian job who's she's the seth green of the italian job sitting behind me like go now i'm, I'm hacking the mainframe yeah. you know so it kind of does make her almost more character true almost but it, it does sort of change how she's gonna be used i think in a pretty fundamental way if you're not getting your charge from health packs anymore uh I, i'm i'm very excited by this uh that was papa jeff's corner uh next you know what let's, thanks dad uh, thanks jeff <laughs> let's take a little bit of a break and uh we'll come back with our lore segment cool Some men change their times, but one Omnic is about to change all times. From the company that brought you Some Like It Bot and Six Gun Killer, Goldshire Pictures presents Mundana. We are all one on the iris. His words soothed a world in crisis and brought hope to us all. Watch the legend from his humble beginnings to his ultimate triumph to that point where he got shot right in the face. Starring Thespian 4.0 as his disciple Zenyatta and introducing Ben Kingsley Jr. Jr. as Mandata. Mandata coming to theaters everywhere. This film is not yet ready. All right, that was... A uh, hell of an ad that we had. Thanks mm -hmm. for thanks from our sponsors. Those guys are great, um, keeping this show floating. Um, Bowen, I yes, I that, sorry, I didn't give you time to respond. Oh, who, me? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I want to talk a little bit about lore. I want it to be a big part of this show. I want to talk about because that's one of the coolest things about Overwatch right. is there's actually a story unfolding as we play. But it's like a flirtatious story. They never give you direct pieces of information. It's all like a bit here, a bit here. Um, and every answer opens up more questions. They'll tie it into character releases. Uh, they'll build it into the game. There are whole Reddit threads about an ad that changes on a newspaper in one of the spawn points. Like it. Oh, they just had a whole thing about a wheelchair in a Lijiang Tower, right. which, which got disproven. A lot of people jumped on that bandwagon right away and were like, there's a new wheelchair. What does it mean? And then everybody's like, guys, I have video from 2016. That wheelchair has been there. Oh, that's actually really interesting. Right. Though. No, like the idea of a chair bound hero. 
like a handicapped hero. You know what? We'll get to that. Okay, I'm sorry. We're Excuse me. I'm, ju- I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. Uh, so this segment, this lore segment, I am calling Rise of the Moon of the Apes. I'm Winston. Holy shit, dude! That was really good. Oh, thank you. Um, that was that was that wasn't a sound clip anyway. That was just Bowen. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, the thing I want to talk about is the Moon Colony and the Moon Story and Winston's story. Uh, do you know very much about about his backstory? You know, you'd think since I played the character so much, I'd have like uh, that information at the tips of my fingers. I don't. I don't know a whole lot about Winston's story. I know cool. he grew up on the Moon Base. Yep. Uh, but not much more than that. Okay, cool. Well, if you have any questions, just ask. No, I, let, give me the rundown. Give me Winston's narrative. So in the future, 2058 about is where this uh, this whole story is around. Uh, there is a moon base that they made where they're trying to test out pretty much genetic experiments, how things live in space, if they can colonize other planets and stuff. And one of the big things on the, on the experiment was genetic engineering with uh, apes and other animals to see if they can make them smart well as you know from winston it worked Mm -hmm. and harold winston was a scientist on the moon base who became close with the character we know now as winston for the record for the future i'm just going to call the human harold and the character winston oh it's like a frankenstein and his monster sort of thing exactly i'm gonna it's just harold and winston Mm -hmm. so harold is raising him and then uh, winston's getting smart and everything and this happens well Last year, when the game was coming out in the real world, once they were going to release the Horizon Lunar Colony map, they also released, there was, they released online all these uh, company blog posts as if the fake company that had funded this, but they had posted, okay, so here's the last readings we had from Horizon Lunar Colony. And what they released was these news posts of all these logs between the scientists about how the apes and everybody were getting more rowdy, stuff was going on. There was weird sounds everywhere. And then eventually there was just radio silence. Right. We don't know what happened. We do know from the map that all the uh, astronauts died, or at least we haven't, or not astronauts, the scientists died, and the apes took over from the video feed. But there's some, like, really weird questions out there. We're like, if you go to the the map, all the spacesuits are still there because, man, I didn't know if I wanted to bring this up. The way the scientists died, we think is the apes trick them into the airlock and jettison them into space. The There is some violence implied in the n- narrative bits uh, that were presented in sort of uh, the Horizon map um, debut. They had a little, like, comic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Winston sort of quotes when he jumps into the game. Like, he's like he'll say mysterious kind of, like, like, oh, some people didn't like being locked up in here. And I don't know what his involvement with that was. The game's very, I think, intentionally vague on that point. And that would be really cool to find out, like, how that all, how the revolution or revolt went down between yeah. the apes and the scientists. Um, because I guess the way that, that we're supposed to imply to think is that Winston was there when it all went down didn't get harmed because of who he was. Right. But eventually he didn't like how the horizon, because then the apes lived there by themselves. And to this day, they're supposed to still be up there. We don't know exactly what's happening. Perhaps maybe the map is supposed to be the story of us taking back horizon lunar colony. I don't oh, know. Interesting. But, uh, but he escaped because he didn't like the colony, what it was. Uh, and he made it to earth somehow. 
Now, the interesting thing is we know he didn't – the missing space suit wasn't used by him because it mm-hmm. couldn't have been big enough. And in his um, point, Watch Point Gibraltar map, you can see the spaceship he used or space mm. suit he used. Oh, those are good threads to link together. I'd never thought about it that way. So there's one missing space suit right. from the Horizon Lunar Colony. Who has it? Maybe it's Harold. Maybe Harold uh, survived. I bet they are sort of leaving that open as a possibility. That would make right? sense. Well, and here's the other thing. They do mention towards like the start where people started going missing and stuff started getting really shady. Right. They do mention a character named Harmond. Hmm. Wait, what's his name? Um, Har- Harmond or something like that. And they think that there was another creature on there, possibly not a gorilla, who might be still on there and might be an Overwatch character in the future. He might be an unlo- a new character. That's very exciting. I would love to have another Winston-esque character. Maybe a tank, maybe a defensive hero, but like, like oh man, you're like really sparking my imagination right, right now. You get an orangutan in there. Well, and they or think, like, uh, yeah. They think because in the lore you can hear that there's something, when everything's going down, they can hear something in the vents. And that's probably Harmon. Hmm. Um, and he's, I want him to be a lizard or something. They say he's a smaller creature. So he's not a gorilla. He might be an orangutan. He might be a chimpanzee. I want him to be some something weird. I want him to be a very small. I want him to be a teacup pig. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm super into the idea of doing a Dragonborn-esque fighter. Uh, but I think... The lore has to stretch pretty far for that. Yeah, uh, I think another ape is most likely. Yeah, that makes but sense. I agree. I, I'm, I'm certainly into adding just sort of character makeup, more species. Right. <laughs> I, I'm always down for more omnics, and I certainly would be down for more uh, apes as well. Well, and why not another? I mean, apes. I feel like they're already pretty smart already. Right. The other thing I've thought about this: you could do an elephant because they're pretty smart. But mm-hmm. how do you make that a character anyway? <laughs> But, I mean, an orangutan, they're smart already, genetically and handsome to kick it up a notch, you know? Boom. I think orangutan would be a good fit. Another another monkey that's big but not quite as big as Winston. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could even take on a support role of some kind. Uh, I, I certainly think we have three Omnics, right? Why not three monkeys or two monkeys? Right? Yeah. Um. So... Uh, yeah, so that's the other thing. Uh, the one thing I want to say about Horizon Lunar Colony lore before we move on is that... We don't know what happened to the apes on there yet. Mm. As far as we know, they're still coming back in lore. Maybe we're going to get an evil gorilla that led the uprising. That would be cool. Uh, what was that terrorist group? The Oh, Null Sect, the Omnic yeah, terrorist yeah. group. Null yeah. Sector, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have the – there's a possibility that there could be like – a monkey version of that Ooh. Uh, maybe sleeker like a hostage situation i'm imagining lots of different things like way in the future what if we have the monkeys team up with some omnic to take down the humans and talon and overwatch have to team up i don't know dude this is crazy winston is hot hi- let's play fantasy overwatch right now winston is hired to save the president of the united states okay because he's been taken hostage by monkey and he's monkeys and he's the only one that can understand these creatures 
these these damn apes and he's like they're not apes they're scientists and he goes and like he has this heart to heart and he's like fighting against his own kind but he's got to do what's right oh man dude this sounds like i'm on the edge of my seat i can't wait this sounds like a better diehard film than the last three we got it, it it's diehard for uh it's <laughs> i like it in the future they redo the diehard series <laughs> this is the reboot wait oh wait that's actually really good oh come on papa jeff we just gave you gold uh well we already covered you know what? okay cool so that was rise of the moon of the apes mm-hmm. uh we already kind of let's start into my next segment mm. the 27 club 27 Club. The Woo! 27 Club, usually known for the death of celebrities. Right. But uh, we already covered it a little bit. Overwatch's 27th Hero is coming out. Mm-hmm. So now that you know the the lore of the Horizon Lunar map, a lot of people have been hyping that up. It's been a while. I told you we got Harold, Harmons out there. Any other new characters you would want to see? So I think, honestly, we should preface. What character I want... I'm very much interested in like the balance point of view. The lore port point is a is a fun extra, but I'm really concerned like what could make the game play differently and, and add more variance. And that's sort of always my question is like what character would allow other characters to be played more? I think I want another defense hero, a projectile based hero, maybe Junkrat esque, mm-hmm. but a little bit different. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, we break characters down as DPS support tank, but of course that's not how Overwatch breaks it down. They break it down by those two, the tank and the support, but then of course, offense and defense heroes. And those categorizations don't mean a whole lot, uh, to players when they're talking about building a comp, but in terms of the interstructure of the game, what what opens up, like I was just saying, different play styles, I think defense heroes are actually crucial to that point. Uh, they have already said that they, they've released, here's what we know about Hero 27, and it kind of fits right with what you were saying. Yeah. The next player is going to change stuff up a lot. That's the goal. They are going to be a character that is going to, I and I believe what that means is, they're probably going to be a defensive hero that can break shields or something. Right. That would be a huge character. I think we had talked about that the other day. Something that can break shields, something that can uh, that can make the Orisa setup a little less viable or a little more risky that yep. you can change into it. Right now, if you are running into that first point on Anubis... And they've got the Orissa shield set up up top with the Maylift. They've got uh, the Widowmaker behind it. Let's say they've got what? Damn it, did a, you just a, call it a Maylift? Maylift. Oh, we were going to call it a Maypole. They've got the Maypole. No, got the no, Maypole. I, no, I, no, I no Maylift gonna... sounds so much better, dude. Damn it. It's uh, just, it's utilitarian. Anyway, uh, so so they're all up there, you're I, saying. I respect the artistic integrity of the Maypole idea. <laughs> I think it's good. But you've got all this damage isolated up top behind the best shield in the game, in my opinion. If you can't break it, if you on your first run and a half, you're just like, they're so entrenched. Our play style really struggles with this we got to make a swap right now it's not super intuitive what that swap would be uh i saw some super creative things in overwatch league which we can talk about i i particularly take in with 
uh, Dallas Fuel's uh, attempt to use Doomfist in the longest dive in the whole wide world from like up, from, like from downtown, literally, like from outside of the play area almost uh, onto the point. Um, glitching through the floor to get well, to... Well, it didn't glitch through it, but, but you, like, we'll watch that later. Go watch it if you haven't. Watch that Dallas game against... Uh, I can't remember who it was up top Dallas of my head. Doomfist. Dallas yeah. Doomfist. It's, it's on Anubis. Really good. Uh, but I, what I worry is some of these entrenched comps that have a lot of damage in a hard-to-reach place, the counter to that is going to be quad tank always yeah if there was a way out of that scenario out of that reality that's the hero i'm interested in introducing um and i think that could be a defense one yeah Yeah. okay and and the other thing that they said i forgot about this they said that the um, new character is going to be meta changing or at least have something to do with that where they're going to change it up but also we've seen this hero before so they are somebody that that's why i bring up horizon where i'm thinking Horizon Lunar Colony came out about a year ago. It'd be about some time. We get some. It's probably a little too soon for the Junker Queen. Uh, Junker Town just came out relatively soon. Huh. So they need something like that. But you bring up the hard light thing. You know who we have seen possibly a couple times? Who? Symmetra's boss. Mm. I believe his name is Sanjay. Yes. He's in the comic. And there's a shady character in the Doomfist comic in the background that a couple people have been like, that's got the same shape as Sanjay. He might be a member of Talon secretly. That's interesting. So, right? And he yeah. could maybe bring out some of these hard light things. Maybe he could construct a bomb out of light wherever he wants it to construct at, you know? Mm-hmm. So from a distance, I don't know. Um, I will say one thing, actually, about the hero identity as well. It would be very cool to have an Omnic with some mobility. Just Ooh. thinking now, Zenyatta, Bastion, Orissa are so cool, but they are limited in, in showing off what Omnics can do. Obviously, they've got a very great range of personalities and, and abilities, but none of them can move fast at all. They, they, they are absolutely stationary. They're the easiest characters yeah. to like hunt down if they're on the run. Um, so, And if this world is split between humans and Omnics, we do need more Omnic characters. Right. I mean, not to get racist. But Overwatch is very human. What is what is the word for racist against robots? Pro blood. Uh, I'm anti oil. Let's move on. I'll Google that. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, the other two characters I wanted to bring up that uh, we haven't seen yet are Mama Wong. She was in the preview for that. If you ever want to see that, was like a concept thing for Overwatch back in the day. I want to see what that character ends up looking like. That or Jetpack Cat. Jetpack so, Cat. I let's think, see it. I think Jetpack Cat could really change the meta, you guys. Yeah. All That's right. It's awesome. Um, the next segment I want to move on. We haven't talked about uh, the Chinese New Year since it came yes. out. So let's talk about that. All right. Uh, this is the year. Last week we called it uh, Year of the Puppers. <laughs> and and me and Maggie. Those good, good boys. Bringing in the new right? year. Yes. <laughs> and we, uh, we got to talk a little bit about what we, what we wanted. But when we recorded it, it was the next day that it was going to come out. Mm-hmm. So Bowen. Yes. What do you think so far about the Chinese New Year event, the Year of the Puppers? Uh, the skins are super cool. There's not a one bad one. There's not a one bad one among them. I'm, I'm haven't decided which one I'm going to get. I'm leaning towards the Roadhog one because I think it looks super fresh. The pig face one's creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's why I want it. I like ones that are a little bit disturbing. The most exciting thing about this update is the capture the flag changes. Oh yeah. 
I think they've done a hell of a job with the capture the flag um, update. I they had expressed in the last lunar cal- Chinese calendar, uh, they put it in as as and very much emphasized it'd be a fun thing, um, and that they didn't want to reduce heroes' abilities and movement abilities specifically. Uh, in the game balance because there's a, a, a theory about a joy of movement and the importance of that to Overwatch as a game, which I completely was sympathetic with Because part time. of the fun of playing it was thinking, okay, well, what if I get on there as Tracer and then recall all the way back? That would be fun. Yes. However. However, of course, that made the game incredibly gimmicky. It made it almost impossible to take the flag if they were running, let's say, a Torbjorn and a Symmetra. The strategies to play were extremely, like, limited. You needed to play Winston, get on the point, throw the shield. Because the problem was, if you took any damage in the capture process, you dropped the flag. Or rather, the capture timer would start over. Well, yeah, let's talk about the changes, all the changes. The changes, I think, were spot on. One, uh, you cannot... Uh, use a movement ability when you have the flag. Uh, and that has most recently included Lucio's wall run, which was the only caveat uh, that I had. It, it, the Lucio thing was a little bit broken, but they yep. fixed that. So that's awesome. Tons of Reddit uh, videos of people looping around the side of the map, capturing it, not being able to stop them because they can get to points. You can't shoot them. Right. Exactly. Who would go like outside the map. Exactly. They've also devised a special map just for capture the flag. Before you might remember capture the flag maps were basically just hacked together from existent control point maps. Yep. Now with its own map and specific design makes it that much more fun to play. You can really tell things work better. It's smoother. Uh, I've seen a lot of different strategies that are pretty exciting. Um, I think it's, I think it's a tremendous mode and a a huge um, like credit to their developer team. A lot of people I've talked to want it to be a competitive mode. I'm kind of on the fence. I'm kind of, I don't know. That's really around the way overwatch works, but, but if they can make it work, I mean, they're getting closer it is fun and we get a month to play it. So and, and I think this probably has a, a better, a significantly better chance of becoming like an actual uh, competitive game mode than Lucio ball did. I still think it's incredibly marginal. And in fact, if I had to vote on it, I wouldn't vote for it to become like something that's played in overwatch league, except sort of fun exhibition events. Uh, but it is, a massive step in the right direction for them. If they are considering making new game modes, uh, they could do worse than this. Real quick, let's talk about the map. Yeah, sure. It's in Tibet. Yeah. It's an awesome map. You start in a really classy hotel and go to these ruins, these ancient ruins, mm-hmm. and they're just a mirror of each other. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know, it's super fun to be on. Start on one side and see the mirror image on the other side, which is either getting classier or shittier the more you mm-hmm. go into the map. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole map is cool. They need to add it to the normal arcade rotation. I agree. I, I think this should be something that you can just jump into if you want. Um. The other thing I want people to do, if you're listening to this, play Capture the Flag on the new map. Go look over the edge. I feel like the <laughs> background designs they did for this map oh, yeah. are particularly cool. Like, they look a lot better than some of the other ones where they're just like, and you're uh, on an island, and there's water, and there's a city in the background, though. You'll see it. It's way back there. This one, you're in, like, a swamp. They got palm trees. It's fucking cool. I hadn't thought about that. I guess I hadn't really paid attention much to this scene. I got to stop and smell the electronic flowers, Jason. <laughs> you're really opening up my eyes. I need to That's appreciate right. the good, good work that these designers have put into uh, the map aesthetics. Uh, speaking of, just fucking amazing work. So, like, of the new skins, though, of, like, uh, Genji, Zarya, Mercy got a new one, Farah got a new one. 
Is there? Oh, McCree. McCree. Oh, real quick on the McCree one, in case nobody yeah. noticed. It's called magistrate, and I didn't know what magistrate meant, so I went into Google uh, definition or whatever. And first four words are pretty much someone who administers law <laughs> in ancient China. And I'm like, perfect. That's ex- that's a great idea for him, guys. Good job, Blizzard. That's a great like. Uh, uh, note there jason right no these guys put a lot of thought into it the other thing i wanted to say there's a whole story behind these skins just like last year's skins we talked about that in one in the one episode but the one cool thing is all these skins are based off dragon gods from chinese lore Ah. and the coolest little connection there is zarya's skin is based off a dragon god that is a tortoise but always has a snake riding on its back right which is cool because Zarya herself is a giant tortoise, and her gun has a viper on it. That's awesome, right? These guys put a lot of thought into that. Appreciate I, it. I gotta say, like, and I was, I'm flipping through here, looking at all these while you're talking. I believe the Zarya one is the coolest. Yeah. Um, Widowmaker's is like, oh, I forgot about Widowmaker. That's yep. pretty sexy, but Classy. I think. I think I like Zarya's better. I also bet a lot of people like that Genji one. His, yep. uh, especially the different sword design, makes so him cool. less ninja, more like warrior. Is sort of how it looks. Samurai, yeah. ninja. All right, but yeah, those are the coolest skins. We didn't get to talk about them last time. Um, let's move on. Let's make uh, this next segment somewhat quick because we're running a little bit long anyway. Oh, sorry, dude. No, it's cool. Uh, I wanted to bring this up with you specifically. Yeah, okay. Oh, let's break it down! All right, it's our Overwatch League segment. Uh, let's break it down. Oh, yeah! Uh, Bowen, you've been into the Overwatch League since day one, pretty much. Uh, oh, yeah. We ended up watching the Stage 1 Finals over at your place together. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Nailbiter, really good match. Go London. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what's kind of I feel bad about? I At the start of the season when I was picking teams, or like I still don't have a favorite team. But London was always right there for me just because their logo and their colors and everything. Mm-hmm. I wish it would have stuck by my guns because now I would be right. I can't do it now because I'm just hopping on the bandwagon. I mean, maybe I am still a London fan, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I sure. could have called it. I could have <laughs> called you it. You knew the whole time if only you'd had the guts to say it, right? Jason. That's what it was. <laughs> it's in my heart. Damn it, you're right. Uh, it must have been. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, London won stage one. Um, yeah. It was a, it was tight going up to the wire. Just in the final game, it was a reverse sweep. They were down mm-hmm. 2-0 and came back 3. Um, but even then leading up to that, yeah. people who was going to get in the stage one playoffs was a whole thing where, who was it, the Valiant were looking for a team to lose and, and the right. uh, Outlaws needed to win out to get there. And When Soul lost and when Soul had that two to three game streak of losses right at the end – it flipped the chessboard. Um, what we thought we'd be seeing in the finals at that point was completely like undercut. Um, I thought London played awesome. Uh, I think there've been an interesting team to watch. London wanted to play dive that whole stage one. Um, and it worked okay. But every time they swapped to a more conventional, not even conventional, new conventional defense, that Junkrat, that Orissa, they were impenetrable. And the only frustrating thing was that they continued to try to like go back to dive. And that's what you saw for the first two maps there was London like trying things that they, I think, wanted to play. And I'm not sure if it's a, a belief that eventually that's where the meta will go again but when they switched onto that junk route on defense that xl didn't win another map see maybe they need to take a little bit more of a i mean i'm not a big patriots fan at all but that's almost what the the 
a dynasty of the New England Patriots do. Right. They, I mean, obviously they have Tom Brady and all that. But you see there's games where they just pick their who's their opponent, what's their weakness, we're yeah. going to play for that. They don't have their own identity. Right, they right. play against you specifically. Mm-hmm. So maybe, I mean, that's when it started working, when they're like, cool, we don't. this is our identity. That's not working. <laughs> I think they've uh, shown also tremendous endurance. And if there's a really impressive part of that final, like the, I'm sorry, if there's a really impressive, there's lots of impressive parts. The most impressive part of it is the fact that London, that was their third match of the day. Didn't they play Houston and Excel earlier? Yep. Well, yeah. the, well, they played a, yeah, it was Excel. Then they played Houston, Houston and the, then Excel again at the finals. Yep. Oh yeah. man. And so they are switching that up. They're going to switch it up. So the finals are going to, or the playoffs are going right. to be on, the Sunday. Super necessary. If you've talked about this last week and no, I just we forgot didn't. about it, then okay, cool. You know, you would know if you listened to my I podcast. I did listen. I don't <laughs> no, remember. Just, no, it's fine. Uh, so, London wins, but uh, but the trades have begun. The exchanges have begun, and that's super exciting. Oh, yeah. They got, uh, let's see, Rascal went to the Dallas Fuel from London. Right. Signings, of course, is what we're talking about. Wh- yeah. Which is surprising. Okay, there was two people that went from um, London to other teams, and that was kind of surprising to me just because... Like I thought it would be a couple, at least at least a year maybe or so before we would actually see like trades and stuff. Uh, Dallas Fuel, uh, they've signed uh, AKM, of course, uh, in the DPS role, and then yeah, they've gotten a trade here. They've gotten, or I guess they've picked up uh, Kim Rascal uh, from London uh, in a DPS role as well. It's a trade uh, for cash, by the way. It's a trade for cash. Okay, pretty gotcha. much they're just taking over his contract, so they don't have to pay him anymore. But Dallas does. Gotcha. Um, uh, Fissure is being signed to the Los Angeles Gladiators. Uh, June Buck is uh, Junk Buck is a coach, and he's coming on to San Francisco Shock. Uh, you've got. Um, a support hero coming on to Dynasty. His name's Gambler. Very excited to see him. Shanghai is taking on Gigori for as a tank. They've got Sky as a support. They've got Fearless as a tank. They've got Addo as DPS. They're taking on four new players. Now, the one thing there that I want to point out, Gigori, the first one, the tank that you mentioned, first female Overwatch League sure. player. Yeah. Um, I've heard she's actually very good, and the one complaint I've heard is that she... <laughs> or the Shanghai Dragons don't deserve her. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think that's probably true. But. So we'll see how that goes. They're also getting that uh, the coach, which I've heard a lot about, Ado. So she's um, a Korean player, isn't she? She is. Yes. That's the other problem I've heard about Shanghai is that they're trying too much with the language. There is a language barrier. There's a language barrier, and there's also uh, no. I want to. This is not about uh, Gigori. There, there's a number of Korean players here, and uh, they. China has a huge base that they could pull from and like whole cloth onto their roster. They're kind of creating work from themselves by adding on these Korean teams. I love that there's diversity. I'm super pro that. Uh, and obviously, Gigori especially. She was the one that there was that controversy about a while ago where she was like 16 or 15 and playing so well that she was accused of uh hacking actually oh, yeah actually yeah, yeah, yeah. maggie did cover that in the last episode where a oh, guy okay, yeah. a guy who was a big part of accusing her of hacking yeah she sent in a video of her like recording her mouse right. her mouse and everything and he was pretty ashamed and actually retired from overwatch for a while because oh. he was like i dragged her name through the mud and i was just jealous i was wrong and oh. i deserve this so good on him. Good for her. Good for her. Let's let's move on to other stuff. Uh, London Spitfire, uh, they are 
The London, all they did was drop uh, Fisher. He went to the Gladiators, and Rascal yes. went to to Dallas. That's right. Florida Mayhem, very exciting. They're picking up uh, three here. Um, they've got Zappis, a Saya player, an awesome guy. Super interesting. Those last two are Korean. They're from Meta Athena. Uh, they're also picking up a former Meta Athena coach. Meta Athena, in my opinion, the funnest team to watch in the Korean scene. Uh, they do all kinds of wacky shit like uh, boosting, um, I already mentioned this earlier, but like boosting people over walls and, and like playing not comp. And I'm very excited to see that. So, uh, dude, and that's kind of cool too, because you notice they're also bringing over their coach too. So yeah. maybe, cause I think we can, comp- I told you about this yesterday when we were talking, I like the Florida mayhem. Mm-hmm. They seem like a fun team, right? Got to get some wins to back it up. No, though. they absolutely do. And, and that's, I, I think I've said before, totally the product of, uh, having six players yep. um i mean they're increasing their team size by 50 percent. i think we could see it we could see a dramatic change in their score going stage two uh excelsior uh bringing on uh let's see animo uh in a support role um and then houston outlaws sign ftcn or whatever fct fctn yeah and like i guess boston hasn't really done much philadelphia hasn't really done too much uh, the one thing I will say about Boston that I had heard that I thought was really smart, it is interesting how under the salary cap they were, right. how good they were towards the end of stage one, and how they happen to be owned by the guy that does that for a career, Robert Kraft. Mm. The guy who owned I, – God, I can't keep bringing up the Patriots. I'm a Cowboys fan. But, I mean, he's known for that in the NFL. This yeah. this is showing in the uprising. So, um, uh, the other thing, too, uh, uh, XQC is coming back for Dallas. Oh, yes, of course. Um, let's see. Do you want to talk about just uh, highlights overall of the Overwatch League? Just yeah, kind of your overall stage take. one wrap-up here. Let, let's relax. Just kind of when I say Overwatch League stage one, what do you think? Well, just an overview. I think it was a tremendous success. Um, I'm very bullish on the league's prospects going forward. I think... As as there were bugs, there were uh, missteps, but growing pains of what I think is otherwise uh, a very exciting scene that's starting up in North America. Yes, we have seen things like this before. We've never seen something like this with Blizzard's name on it specifically, and I think the execution has been pretty great. Um, in terms of what we saw going in... Um, I think Philadelphia Fusion was actually fairly surprising. Um, right. They've got sort of like this uh, Sandlot-esque sort of a, a few players from this group, a few players from this group, um, and it worked really well. Uh, people, I think, going in thought they would be weaker because they, unlike some of the other teams, didn't have quite the same base of players to pull from. They, they have um, – what's that team that makes up part of Philadelphia? I can't remember. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know either. There, there's like a few players that, that play together, but mostly it's 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 free agents, I think, right? I mean, you got the excitingness of Poco. Yeah. He took he took the world by storm. He's the most popular diva player, I think. And and really, wow, I love watching that guy play diva. Actually, that's a great point. I well, hadn't even then, thought about that. I think that they gave uh, I forget which team they gave one of the top three teams one of their first losses too mm-hmm. early in the season. So you were you had a fan base. Well, going top against- three teams. It it was New York Excelsior. That was, was their loss team. to Philadelphia Fusion, which is really kind of remarkable when you consider how decisive uh, uh, XL's wins were over some of these otherwise 
exceptional teams. Oh yeah. Um, that fusion did it. And I think the way they did it, I think even, um, there were some New York players that said this in interviews afterward, it was the unpredictability. They were caught off guard by some of the things that Philly were running, which automatically makes them an exciting team to watch. Oh yeah. Uh, so I would say that's my biggest. It, what, what what's yours? What's your uh, most exciting breakout? Uh, biggest surprise team for me would be the Boston Uprising. Sure. Um, they were a team where right from the get go, they were another team kind of like London Spitfire. Where yeah. I was like, I kind of like them based off their logo and their colors too. Mm. <laughs> I guess I got a thing for blue. Well, that's a great point too. Like <laughs> this, a lot of these teams are sort of like making fan bases out of nothing. So people are just kind of like shooting from the hip. Like I'm for this team. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, Minneapolis doesn't have a team yet. We need well, the Yetis sure. to become a thing. Or, or Chicago would be fine too. Yeah, like we take, a mid- we take a Midwestern one. Yeah. I, I don't know how, if that's coming, I'd like to see more like Asian teams pop up first. Like the fact that there's like, <laughs> there aren't enough teams in South Korea. It's silly that we yeah, don't have more South there's, Korean teams. There's going to probably be a Paris team at some point, too. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. There'd be a French team yeah. that's big over there. Yeah. But uh, overall, biggest surprise would be the Uprising. They didn't quite make the Stage 1 playoffs, but, man, if they would have beat the Outlaws, they would have been in, and it would have right. changed everything. That would have honestly... I'm a little disappointed they didn't make it because mm. that would have been a bigger upset than the Outlaws making it. I agree. Because the yeah. Outlaws are great and everybody yeah. knows it. And they're great. The The meta, w- at least, was very great for the Outlaws as well. I guess that will continue to be strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, time will tell. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, what about bi- biggest letdown? Um, I would say Dallas Fuel, kind of universally. First week, it was them versus Seoul, and it was supposed to be a big matchup. And looking back... I wouldn't have watched that match. It was boring. There was so much potential with yep. this team. There, the opening hype game was Dallas Fuel versus Soul Dynasty, and it was incredibly close. It was a very good game. They don't get enough credit now for how strong they truly looked at the opening part of the season. They didn't misplay Soul Dynasty. They were outplayed, but they fought for every inch. And they've um, had those matches throughout the season, too. I don't want to take too much from them. They've taken people to fifth matches. Now, they are great to watch. And unf- when they're not getting crushed, they probably try more new cool stuff than Philadelphia does. I refer again to that offense doom fist on Hanamura. Um, Mickey, Taimu are incredibly diverse players. Uh, Siegel is no joke. He's also great to watch. I'm excited to see if the May changes uh, make him consider switching some of his comp stuff. Oh, man, that'd Uh, be cool. I think when they lost XQC, I don't know if that was a death blow because the talent pool was shrunk by that much or just a morale thing. Well, and I watch XQC on uh, Twitch once in a while, and you can just tell from his energy, like, it's not always positive energy. But, man, if you got that guy on your team, there's no way I'm not staying hyped. His his voice is like a cup of coffee straight to your brain. Oh, that's a great point, actually, Jason. Yeah, he just he's sort of like just having a Lucio on your team, even if, like, he's not using sound boost that much. Everyone just plays a little faster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think those type of personalities are called electric. Electric. <laughs> so um, he's electric. Bottom line, these bottom teams are adding a whole lot of gas to yep. sort of their – fuel if you would uh and so we're who rises and who right now is um let me rephrase the people right now at the very top uh don't need to get too comfortable yeah i like it 
Um, would you also want to talk about the uh, the one newest thing that was kind of cool? Speaking of esports, is the collegiate fiesta bowl? Yes. Um, the fiesta bowl for anybody who doesn't know is usually a football thing. It's a big, <laughs> and they're coordinating with them. They're like trying to like I. Uh, tag on to the name brand of the fiesta bowl oh yeah uh so like for anyone that's not familiar the the tespa series is the uh, overwatch collegiate series the biggest one it's the main one it's obviously a fairly small community uh, a brief note on uh these these finals you really are gonna appreciate overwatch league production after watching this Tespa series final, despite the things that went well, it was kind of a shit show. <laughs> Just really? in terms of like um, casters to interviews to long gaps in between games, the actual gameplay was was excellent. Same level as Overwatch League, I I think. Not like not players. I mean like camera work and stuff like that. But like ZP was the main caster, which is always unfortunate. Uh, lots of cringeworthy commentary. The chat uh, was not pleased. Chat was not pleased. The crowd that showed up to that game, and maybe I'm mistaken on this, seemed a lot more mainstream. There were a lot of college kids there. There were a lot of people that didn't know a whole lot about Overwatch, but they were for UCI and zot, zot, zot. And they were for Arizona or they were for Arizona State. And like, I think Overwatch community in general should heed what connecting themselves to the established brand of college sports could do for them i'm not sure how much future there is in this when overwatch league is going on at the same time but i think esports in general is gonna find a very natural host to attach itself to um results going into the game <laughs> it was uh basically no doubt what the match was going to be canada's good uh but uci was undefeated going into the series they are the big bad boogeyman um if you've watched other tespa series games they will talk about uci while other teams are playing because they're like the most interesting thing mm -hmm. happening um they're, they're like the kentucky basketball right but uh berkeley were the defending champions uh even though they had lost games in the series, they had won last year. They were also in the finals. So it was a huge matchup, a uh, lot of hype about what these two teams were going to bring. Um, you see, I got shut out. <laughs> and it was really surprising. Um, the first map was Oasis. You were, you were building up this mountain and then just, and done. Well, it, and, but it was kind of shocking. Um, point two of Oasis, uh, they opened up with Junkrat, uh, Berkeley does, against Quad Tank from UCI. Just excellent guesses. Uh, they run on the second map of the series, um, the second stage, I guess. Uh, they they ended up running like Torbjorn on defense on Numbani. Okay, now that's won. cool. Well, and and they did it really well and it was really smart. And it's not like UCI played it poorly. It's just like Torbjorn appears to be an interesting choice against this like Feraless pro tank comp. And that's maybe the biggest lesson from all of this. This series, the Tespa series, the finals, were played on the most recent patch. Um, we got to see what professional Overwatch looks like without, well, I'm sorry, with the Mercy changes. Yeah, that was the coolest thing. All that the was the biggest thing. There. All the new patches are there. Um, I'll tell you what I saw a lot of. I saw a lot of quad tank. Saw a lot of triple tank with a Junk or a McCree. Uh, saw a lot of pharmacy. Um, and then... Uh, you saw Junkrats as a result of his mines and 
changes that have happened to Junkrat since the last time a tank meta was in. Um, he was getting his ultimates before the team on offense got to the point. See, now that might be cool. Kind I mean, of seeing some more Junkrat rip tires a little quicker. We'll see it all. I mean, you saw this in the Spitfire game as well, I think. I mean, if you if you lob a mine and it hits three tanks, that's a huge boon. And they're massive. They're the easiest characters for Junkrat to hit. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to get played a lot. Did you? What did you take away sort of from like the composition was scene? I mean, I mean, that was kind of cool just to see the two supports too. I'm a huge yeah. Lucio main. I'm getting better at Zenyatta. Um, seeing those two, I also, this new season, yeah. Moira's my second most played character pretty much. Going forward in Overwatch League, there's just going to be Moira and Moira Moiras. You yep. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're not running Pharmacy, you're probably going to have a Moira because you're probably going to have Triple Tank. I hypothesize we'll see more May and we'll see more Reaper. In these matches, could it just be something unique to them. But you saw people switching on to Reaper or May when they were in a bad spot, and they wouldn't switch back. Uh, she is pretty fun to play when you're not going to get one shot mm-hmm. by a Widowmaker, when you're not just going to get ganked. And uh, we saw some word. pretty devastating uh, May play in the TESPA finals. Um, and, of course, her improvements, her changes, I think, are going to make that a lot possible. Reaper coming back is kind of obvious. Like, bunch of tanks, that's Reaper. That And that and I love me watching some Reaper play. Yeah. He just flanks, he just wrecks house, or he gets steamrolled either way. Right. But Reaper's a fun character to watch, Oh, definitely. Too. He's oh, a wait, fun character. Used to be that was, like, the money shot. Like, all... <laughs> used to be all Overwatch games, like, were won or lost by a nano-boosted reaper who would do death blossom and get like five kills six kill just like from downtown jumping off buildings it was super fun to watch i would i would like to see reaper back i do worry though and i'd like to hear your opinion on this okay do you fear that these changes could shrink the number of compositions different compositions that we see Hmm. or do you think that they will going in Overwatch League going forward. We will see greater variance than we did say in stage one. Oh man, um, I actually was thinking it would be the other way. I thought we'd see more stuff tried. Right. Um, however, the one complaint I have heard about Overwatch League from people who aren't in Overwatch right. is it does get a little bit boring with you always see Genji, you always see Widowmaker, you always see Orisa. There is a small pool of characters you usually always see. Uh-huh. Um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. I feel like you'll see more heroes at least at the start. Mm-hmm. Once people get used to the changes, it'll probably narrow down. But I think we got a good first couple weeks where people will be trying some crazy shit. And then it'll get narrowed down to be like, okay, May works, Reaper doesn't, or <laughs> something like that. So get ready for our first two good weeks. Week three on, probably going to get back to the normal. We're seeing the same comp every map, you know? I think that's exactly right, and super good point. Uh, the first Thanks, couple I own of weeks, a podcast no, about Overwatch. Well, no, no, the, the, the first two weeks part. I mean, that's going to be so fun to watch. Right. They, they, they aren't going to have a whole lot of time to incubate. They're not going to have reference points to, like, study their matches before they play them because there ha- won't have been under this patch. So we're going to see a lot of shooting from the hip. Uh, I, 
I think I'm going to place my money on seeing less variance in composition, though, overall as a mm. stage. I was actually pretty happy with the level of variance. Like, for, for Christ's sake, on offense on uh, Junkertown, yeah. the meta week three was like Orissa Bastion Hanzo Widowmaker, <laughs> like Road Hog, and then like a Solo Mercy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you'd swatch out the Hog for a, you know, it, it, that's nonsense. That's that's crazy. And I'm super excited to see potentially more of that. But I worry that Quad Tank is gonna kind of take the oxygen out of the room. Well, see, I've been playing Overwatch long enough. I can tell you this: that we kind of go through these waves yeah. where. The dive comp was the only comp for a little while. Right. And then for a little bit, Junkertown, Pirate Ship, the only comp for... That one was pretty short. But, like, I feel like we do go through these waves. Enjoy this time right now where we're figuring out. Yeah, because yeah. I can see what you're saying. I hope the Slambulance doesn't catch on too much. It's damn fun to play, though. It is. Wow, I like playing the Slambulance. I love some Rodog. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, Or just Reinhardt or, or any part of that team is super fun to play. I just... I worry that we're just going to end up in, like particle effects hell where it's just like a giant just brawl on the point every time i'll enjoy watching it but i who knows let's be optimistic and say that the potential is there to see a great deal of variance uh only time will tell well and maybe and who knows maybe this new hero the hero 27 they're coming out with maybe that's supposed to combat the slambulance hero 20 hero 27 our savior yeah right our savior you were the chosen one what if it dude what if hero 27 comes out doesn't change a damn thing and i'm calling it there's gonna be memes of the obi-wan kenobi thing like you were the chosen you were supposed to bring balance in the forest. <laughs> Not <throwing> darkness. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am Jason Wesley. In my opinion, the Roadhog is evil. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I don't know where I was saying. You're Jason. I'm I am Bowen. Jason. You've been listening. Uh, you've been listening to Podcast Gibraltar. Thanks for listening, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at Prod Gibraltar. Let us know what you think. Give us your ideas of what you want to hear. Um, give us different, I don't know, just tell me what you think. How is your day going? I want to know. Um, <laughs> Jason's just looking for friends. That's all this is. It's just a ruse to get, like, pen pals. <laughs> Can I be honest with you? Yeah. The Pod Gibraltar a Twitter thing right now yeah. has five followers. Ooh. I'm one of them. My girlfriend's the other one. Will's the other one. And my brother is another one. And we got one other guy. Uh, I feel like I'm just tweeting to the other all right. guy. All right. All right. I will follow Thank podcast you. Gibraltar. Uh, Bowen, if somebody wants to follow you, what, who do they follow? Uh, they, they shouldn't. Um, I'm at <laughs> Bowen Cochran. I don't post about Overwatch or really much of anything. I'm not the interesting guy to follow. Follow Jason for your cool Overwatch updates. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, no, we're definitely going to have you back. This has been a great episode. I've had a great time, man. Thanks Always down input. to jaw Overwatch. I feel like I'm taking something like... Um, I'm just going to be doing this alone in my room anyway. Yeah. So to get to do it with you is an absolute uh, pleasure. Well, it's been a joy. Yeah, man. The exit music is playing. Any exit words of advice? Just try to be less toxic. Yeah, right. <laughs> if everyone could just be a little less toxic, it'd be so much easier to be excited about everything that's happening. Like, just don't be a dick, you guys. Don't I love it. <laughs> be more constructive. All right. Love you guys. Bye.
Time out. Hey, baby. You're used to calling on your cell yes, phone. Yes, I am. Late night when you need my love. Uh, calling yeah, on yeah, your I cell will. phone. Late night <laughs> okay. when you need my love. All right, bye. All right. Not gonna let me one thing. I know when the Holland Blake. Hey folks. That can only mean one thing. This is McCree here. I love the city. You, you, you. Try my new cone called Desperado. It'll make you stank all good and stuff. It'll make you be like all hey, nah. And, and then they'll turn you into all y'all. You should call me on yourself. Desperado. From the same people about you, McCree brand cigarellos. Uh, we gotta actually pause for a second. Oh yeah, we gotta go let my game. I gotta go get groceries. Yeah.